Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Dr. Mary Angela McGuire joining me here today. Uh, And look, the reason that this is a powerful show is because, well, first of all, if you've listened to Dr. McGuire's show, if you've listened to her show, you'll get how powerful her message is. But today, joining me here we're talking about letting go of old stories. And I want to put a caveat on it for a minute. You know, when she does her show, Nothing But Now, when you listen to Nothing But Now and you listen to what she says about things, what you realize, she is a teacher, she is a mentor, she is a coach, she has had many roles in her life. She understands the power of what it means to listen, even if you talk about things that are even painful for yourself to hear, but others, but she understands this power. She works with people, whether you're an individual and you're listening to the show or you're a CEO of some company, you know, she is a higher educational teacher. And I got to tell you, she's got more boldness to be able to do that because I had a semester of that and I realized it was way too much for me. But here we are, we're talking about things. As a certified life coach and a trainer, a mediator trained coach, what do you have to learn to help people to get through things? So when you think about nothing but now, Mm -hmm. and you think about what that means, what happens with everything that has come before nothing but now? What about what you were talking about, like before the show started? What about the conversation I was having with the computer support people for the 20th time now? What about then? What's the story around that? Are we really able to create our own life? Yeah, that's what we're going to hear about. Yes, Yes. Thank you, doctor. It's great to have you join us here today. It's great to be here. Look, I'm already going into the fetal position as I'm rocking. Do you see me rocking back and forth right there? The stories go all the way back to the womb, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Um, You know, let's talk about this for a moment. Um, I started to talk more about my personal life and my life journey you know, I've been doing this like, um, like 16 years, but I only recently started to talk about things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, somebody asked me why, why did you, why now, why did you start to talk about this? Mm -hmm. And I always love when people ask me why I just want to say, because, (laughs) but there's something that we learn When we like, let's say we share that first bit, there's something that happens inside of us. And there's some power in, in these stories from the past that we don't necessarily want to bring forward. And I wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. this holding on, this holding on to the story. I got to tell you, let me just make the comment I said to you before we went on air. And I was saying that I grabbed Linda, told her to come into the room to look at um, Hillary Clinton on some kind of interview. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed Linda and I said, look at her. She looks better than she has ever looked. I almost didn't recognize her. Wow. My answer was not an answer. My question was, how did she let go? 
-hmm. How did she let go? So do you think maybe a little shift in story may have helped her? Tell us about stories and what we can learn from them. Yeah. Well, you know, the that's such a great way to put the question because we do learn from stories. We learn from our own stories. But if you think about something, you know, more, let's say, objective beyond our own experience, like the news, when we listen to the news, if they tell us about 200,000 COVID deaths, that's almost impossible to take in. And so they tell us individual stories. They tell us about stories in communities and in families. And it's through stories that most of us come to understand the world around us and ourselves, right? I mean, we are storytelling animals. All those people who do kind of human uh, comparison research, what, you know, what kind of communication do other animals have? I don't, I think the one limitation might be, I don't think they tell stories. I could be wrong. I'd love to know, but uh, we tell stories to make sense of our lives, to make sense of the world around us. And so I think Clinton is such an interesting example. You can imagine, as you said before, regardless of where you are in the politics of it, she suffered an enormous personal and professional loss. Yeah. Many people throughout the course of their lives suffer professional and personal losses, usually not on the world stage, <laughs> right? Right. But, but something has happened for her and she is she is letting go of some of the perhaps uh, deep sense of shame and loss because it's that's not getting her, getting her anywhere. You know, to hold on to the shame perhaps that she felt in the face of losing that that doesn't help that doesn't help her help other people and it makes me wonder when you talk about how radiant she looked is it is it that she has found a way not to tell a lie about the past i mean she's still dealing with facts she knows what happened and as complex as it is but it, but the the emotional impact of that somehow she has let go she's let it pass through her as the mindfulness people would say and i and i think you see it in her face I really do. You can see it in her face. You could see it in her presence. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the people in our lives for mm -hmm. a minute, if we sure. could. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with a stepmom, and I've talked about my stepmom a lot, a lot here recently. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I don't have one of these, uh, what do you call it, the stepmom stories, like they do the movies uh -huh. about them. Right. Yeah. My stepmom was, I'll tell you what, meaner than a cat backed up into an aisle when it came to something that, you know, she saw you doing, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just looked in her eyes and it was really clear. She was trying to shape us and mold us three girls, mm -hmm. but boy, what I learned from her, it is really hard to put in words. So I now have talked stories about her. Okay. Um, she left this earth way too soon for my liking. Mm -hmm. um, and I've told stories about my birth mom mm -hmm. who taught me something different, who left this earth way too soon. Mm -hmm. But we have this, how should I say it? Because this is a question for you. Okay. We have this persona sort of that people think those of us in this form of media, whether it's talk or video Mm -hmm. that we are not supposed to be personalizing or right. show our real self. Somebody said that to me and I said, I don't know where you got that from, but right. I want to hear people's stories. Mm -hmm. How has it been for you to be in this medium and be really open about yourself, about your life, and then bring others on that mm -hmm. are open about themselves or their lives? Right. Well, challenging. Um, yeah, challenging, because uh, one of the things that really motivates my show each time I do, you know, I do two sets of shows. I do where I shows where I talk about mindfulness and shows where I interview people. And on the shows where I'm talking about mindfulness, you know, it is important um, because I do think people learn from stories. So I have to tell stories and I can tell stories about clients. I can tell stories about friends. I can tell stories about workplace situations that maybe aren't terribly personal. But I want, I, I, I'm, I'm a person who's best when I'm very immediate, very present. And so I have to tell real stories about my real life because otherwise uh, I think the show would be very flat and very dull. Um, so, but sometimes it's hard. I'm, I know I've, I'm not sure it's always sure it shows up on the video. I hope not. I guess I hope not, but I get tearful sometimes. Oh, I cry. 
Yeah, I can, if you know, you want to talk about my mom, yeah, tears will, tears will come. But you know, the other thing that's very been interesting to me about this work of doing the podcasts and talking about mindfulness and putting them in the, those practices in the context of stories is that I have learned more about myself. Um, and that's, that's one thing that's really can be very powerful is if we start to notice the stories we tell, um, we start to learn things about ourselves and about how we see ourselves. And sometimes those stories are very productive and they motivate us. And sometimes those stories keep us stuck. So I, you know, one of the things I encourage listeners and clients to do is pay attention to the stories you tell about your world. That, that will tell you a lot about what's happening in your life and uh, where you maybe need to, to let go of some stories that are holding you back. You know, I want to take a short break. And when we come back, you know, there is transformative energy in talking stories. You know, mm -hmm. people have talked stories from very first time we could communicate. Right. But even before we can communicate, we had language. They talk stories through pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, we're now finding um, glyphs or pictures of stories that people have told. And I've often thought about this, especially in some of the traditions I've learned, right, from indigenous people, how that is a way for them to talk story and keep their legacy open and moving forward to teach the young, right. to teach the stories, the learning, the lessons, or to form your own opinion about them. Right. Um, but what about those stories whose time has come? Mm -hmm. The stories that we tell ourselves that absolutely ain't going to get us to where we want to go. When we come back, we're going to talk about those stories a little bit. And what if we can tell those stories, but tell them differently? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on transformationtalkradio.com. Are you a feminine entrepreneur and you're tired of being stuck in the making just enough money trap? I hear you. I'm Julie Steelman and I just released a brand new masterclass about how to unlock the three secrets to creating a financial breakthrough in your business. Come on over to calledbyfreedom.com. I'm going to walk you through the three things you need to do to create that financial breakthrough you've been craving. Come on over to calledbyfreedom.com. Are you ready to become an unstoppable force of love in the world? Then don't miss the Creative Empowerment Show, Invoking Radical Love with Rachel Chase live every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Rachel shares tools, stories, and meditations to spark the flame of profound wisdom within you. If you want to awaken your superpowers and activate your heart, visit RachelChase.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth 
and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at jenniferbloom.com. Yep, you go leap ahead. You go wear a safety jacket. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. My very special guest today is... Mary Angela McGuire, and you can listen to my show, Nothing But Now, noon on Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. So, you know, this is what I love. So glad you joined me here today. Glad to I be really here. am. Um, these stories, mm-hmm. the ones we're going to talk about now. Mm-hmm. So you hear me talk about my stepmom and my mom, right? Right. There used to be a time when I talked about my stepmom that I didn't talk about my stepmom the way I talked about her now, yeah. talk about her now. Right. I would be talking about my stepmom and the fact that she threw me out at 17 and all my stuff was on the lawn and what a, you know, what she was and blah, blah, blah. Yep. But I don't talk about her now that way. Mm. So I want to ask you about those stories mm-hmm. that are really hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. And whether or not we could either let go of them in total or let go of our perspective on them. What do you think? I think we could do both. And I think it really depends on the story, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll talk maybe in the next segment about how do you bring these stories to awareness so that you can get a hold of them? Because sometimes we tell the stories and we're not even aware of telling them. Or maybe we're not aware of kind of the slant. Right, you know, our friends think, oh, I've heard this story before, <laughs> but we've, we've lost track of how often we tell it. So that's, I, I, and I think it's interesting that your example is, is a, a story about parenting. Um, I think for most of us as adults, that is the most critical kind of story to examine is what is the story we tell about our parents? You know, most of us, I think, have frustration with the way we were raised on some level Uh, you know i got too much criticism or too little right they pushed me too hard they didn't push me enough and and those are stories that we're telling ourselves about the way we were parented and um and certainly there are lines people cross and parenting techniques people shouldn't use and abuse is never something to i think reimagine as a positive no at the same time many of the kind of complaints we have, I think we have them, they come from a child's perspective. And you know that when you're really little and you think your parents are flawless, right? So if they're doing something, they must be right, right? Then you get to adulthood and you're still telling that same story and you realize, no, that's not the way they should have handled it. But you know what? They were flawed people. So to me, that's this kind of story about poor parenting, let's say, that we can say either, you know, they were what they were. They did the best they can, you know, having a, a, an attitude of compassion towards parents and their limitations and letting go of the negative story. Or maybe there's a what different way to look at the story. You know, when I think when we bring real compassion both to ourselves and other people, sometimes we can see how it is that they really were doing the best they can. I think that's a hard thing to really believe about a parent who was who was maybe d- struggled and didn't do a great job is was that really the best they could do? You know what? What, it, what would it mean to you to say that really was the, her best? And therefore, right, I don't have to hate her for it. I don't have to carry around the shame or the hatred or the unhappiness. I can let go of some of the way that that story is, is sticking with me, right? We tend to tell stories either about our own limitations or how other people have kind of limited our lives. What happens when we let go? Or, or as you say, kind of reframe it and think about it differently. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I really think about, um, let's just talk for a minute about something you said when you started to share this. And that is there are some stories that we may not be able to transmute. Mm-hmm. My language, right. transmute. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are those stories. I, I mean, I have mentioned, I think, a couple of times on air. Benny probably could tell you more than Benny could probably tell you how many times I've talked about whatever the story is that I talk about. <laughs> Benny could probably be like, yeah, you talked about the pogus dip like five times. Um, but there are stories I briefly mention and I blow by them. Yeah. And one of them is being sexually and physically abused in Catholic boarding school at age six. So I'll mention that story and I will move on now. Right. Right. Um, Because 
it wasn't until much later in life mm -hmm. that that came up to heal, oh. right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard when you know you're carrying a story mm -hmm. and you're all by yourself and you ain't reaching out for people to help you. Right. You're not doing it. Right. But something happens in your life where you realize, wow, getting beat every night as a six-year-old in school, that was not a cool thing. No. But sometimes you're not meant to reshape that. See, there's no transmuting I'm going to do of that. That is factual. That was this. This is what happened. But I don't have the story on the end of it that talks about the people that did it. Mm. You know, I don't have that story. Right. Well, can I just jump in? Yes, please. But, but has is so one of the things that happens, I think, when when children are abused at those early ages, right, is there is a way that they turn it on themselves and say, I must be bad, right? There's something wrong with me that this happened to me. And that, to me, is the aspect of the story that can change, right? As, as you get older and you see that that story, uh, maybe at a very almost only physical level, the fear in your body that you felt, it comes up in these other instances and places. And you, if you start to you know, do that kind of unearthing to say, where is this coming from? And you realize it comes from this horrible experience. What was the story you told yourself about why that was happening? Is that what needs to be let go of, right? The shame, the sense that it was your fault, um, the sense maybe that because you couldn't trust those people, you can never trust anybody. Right. There exactly. All those ways that 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 kind of experience um, can can then become part of your daily life and a barrier to your own happiness. And as you say, rethinking that story and and what it meant to you doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And it's not even about forgiveness, right? It's I don't. That's a totally different topic. Um, but it can be an opportunity for you to say. Is, does that story shape how I see myself? And is that still right? Was it even right then? And can I let go of that self-knowledge or that self-perception? You know, so, okay, this is really a story. So okay. I wanted to share it a little bit because okay. I've heard people of my, of my generation talk about this. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think Benny, you can relate to this too, a little bit. Once upon a time, Bob Dylan... Mm -hmm. was uh, offered the Nobel Prize. Right. And initially, I guess, he declined it, or at least that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember my friends talking, and I remember turning to them and, and said something like, you know, I met Bob Dylan a long time ago. I said, you know, as a matter of fact, I used to frequently go to where Bob Dylan used to sing, like oh. before he was Bob Dylan. Oh. Like, well, no, he was always Bob Dylan, kind of. Right. But there was a Bob Dylan mm -hmm. down in the Cafe Wa, right? You can go there. He was just like a musician guy. Right. right. And I said, people are surprised that he didn't accept that award. But and I said to them, remember, he's the guy that people booed when he decided he was going to move from acoustical to electric guitar. Right. And I said, and I thought about this, and how does it relate to what we're talking about? But there's the stories we create. Mm -hmm. And it came up on the Emmys last night. Oh. And it just triggered something for me. <laughs> so what is the story that we carry about people we may or may not know who are so remotely removed from us right. that we spend so much time and energy with. Isn't that amazing? But I will tell you, though, the Bob Dylan I knew, mm -hmm. who was bold enough to just literally put down that acoustic guitar and pick up that, right? Yeah. You could see a guy like that doing that. Oh, absolutely. So how do our stories or stories from others, I mean, I think our stories, mm -hmm they can surprise us because yeah. we are surprised by other people's stories. Mm -hmm. I think that we all have our own Bob Dylan story inside of us somewhere. I think. <laughs> you mean our inner rebel or our, yeah. Inner, yeah. Or that story inside of us that mm -hmm. we wish we could have been or could have done. And if we uh, hold on to it, it may not work out to help us. Right. 
Mm, yeah, the stories are, that we tell ourselves about about ourselves and others are really complicated that way. You think about, you know, in the workplace, and I hear this a lot with my clients, um, there's a conflict. Two people have see the same thing differently. And my clients will tell me really kind of elaborate stories. You can tell they've spent a lot of time thinking about the other person's motivations, right? They have a whole story for the other person and why they're doing what they're doing with sometimes random bits of evidence, but rarely the real evidence, which would come from asking the person why they're doing what they're doing. But that's a habit of mind that most of us have, is especially in a conflict situation, right? We retreat to our, the stories we make up, we fill in all the gaps about what's happening for the other person. And I, I love your Bob Dylan story. He was my childhood hero. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I think you're right that his initial reaction to the Nobel was, was consistent with who he has been telling, him, telling us he is for his whole life. But a lot of people hide, don't they? They, they? they don't know that they can really do what they'd really like to do and they keep those parts of themselves hidden. You know, we're all often afraid of rejection. He allowed it to happen and he lived through it, right? Just like he lived through a motorcycle accident and he lived through a divorce and he's lived through a lot of things um, and tried to, I think, stay true to who he is. And that's it. So when we come back, I want to talk to you about this part. Okay. Because I think this is the part. Mm-hmm. Um, the part where we seek the truth mm-hmm. of who we are. Mm-hmm. The mindfulness part. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my corporate career, what was important to me, somebody who literally wasn't supposed to achieve much in life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My, mo- my mom was like, you know what? You got to go to the phone company. They never fire anybody. And within six months, I almost got fired from the mailroom. So that would have been a first. Um, But along the way, you know, there are these things, right, that we do. Mm -hmm. But what was it about that journey and the journeys we all are going through now? What are the stories we're formulating? Mm -hmm. When did I find out somewhere along the way that I was a person that could see success, personal success and growth. Mm-hmm. When did that turn on? Mm. How did it turn on? And then that day that I looked into the mirror, dressed up in my fancy dancy suit to go to a corporate executive meeting. What happened when I looked into the mirror that day and I was unrecognizable to myself? What was the story I had been telling myself, as all of us do? Mm -hmm. It just wasn't me. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the practices that help us identify and let go of stories so that we can look in the mirror, look into our own eyes, and see the truth of who we are. Thanks to Dr. Mary Angela McGuire. We'll be right back. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com. how to lead a happier life on miles to go with Brittany miles how to lose to gain it all join Brittany every second and fourth wednesday at 1 p.m pacific on transformationtalkradio.com listen as coach and healer Brittany miles share stories that teach you about surrender for more information about Brittany, miles to go coaching.com Get your goddess groove on with me, Laura Hosford. Tune in every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where I offer you authentic channel messages of love, inspiration, and heart healing grace. Get your goddess groove on. When the goddess speaks, everyone listens. For more information, visit LauraHosford.com. That's LauraHosford.com. 
Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got Talk Radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune into Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's LivingYourGifts.com. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. My very special guest joining me here today is... Mary Angela McGuire from Nothing But Now on Thursdays on Transformation Talk Radio. I got to give a shout out to Benny before we dig deeply into mindfulness. Benny, Benny, yes, guess ma'am. who won an Emmy last night? One of our favorites. Who? RuPaul. Oh, oh yeah, cool. Again, Ru. Hey, she's doing great. Again. That's <laughs> cool. Linda says, who's RuPaul? I said, oh, what? we are going to watch RuPaul. Are you serious? Yeah. Linda. Well, she doesn't get the cable so? in Jersey <laughs> that we get. Oh, come and on. And then she has some kind of cable thing in Jersey where they change her channels. Like, she doesn't even get Law & Order anymore. So that's that almost put her into a fit. Um, but congratulations to the Emmys in general, except for the one guy that I have a story about, which I won't go into. But congratulations for them doing something which recognized COVID-19, but still celebrated achievement in that profession. I mean, that was hard to do, Mary Angela, that that was hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the most part, it worked, uh, except for this one guy that won all the awards with Schick's Creek, Uh Schick's Creek. Did I say that right, Benny? Going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> going to have to hit a bleep on that. And I realized I had a story about him. Oh. So we're going to talk about mindfulness and stories. Okay. I had a story. So I didn't have a story about them winning all the awards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. They won a ton of them. I had a story that this dude didn't keep his mask on in a room full of people. Oh. And I mean, you, you know, so <laughs> I think Linda said he... he I got to love my best friend. Well, I had to show his pretty face. I said, we only need to see his pretty face once. But, you know, other people are coming up there. Keep your mask on. So this is a story. Well, and this whole thing is, you know, every time we go out for a walk, we were out this morning and four runners went past us and they didn't have masks on. And, you know, we're outside, but it is aerosolized. And I just, whatever. I don't really expect runners to wear a mask. I would think that'd be very hard. But, but I don't know. It, it, it's hard not to start creating stories about why people are doing what they're doing or not doing. So I'm with yeah. you on that. <laughs> well, and I also were, I also realized, and this is, this is the lead into what I want to talk with yeah. you about. I have a whole new level of mindfulness oh. and maybe I'm not using the word correctly, but there was, you asked me a question during the break mm-hmm. and you asked me when, when did I recognize certain things? Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I recognized that I was worth something mm-hmm. was Amy Sarrow in high school. Mm-hmm. And then once I got a glimpse of it, the next time, Doris Stoner, and then the next time, Dan Vandermoss, Brian McGorry, and then the next time, and then, you know, the, the, uh, Art Lewis, right. and then the next time, Carlton Brown, my buddy Carlton Brown. He's looking at his nephew like Russell Wilson right now and saying, dude, you pulled that out last night. But I think once you get a glimpse of it, Mm -hmm. 
you kind of hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we talk about mindfulness quite that way. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I popped in and had. It's something I really have to have to learn still today. Well, and you know, that is the truth of mindfulness too. And I, I always joke that I read all these books about mindfulness and then I would still <laughs> kind of struggle. And I would think, because I'm an academic, right, by training, you know, <laughs> I read the books, what more do I need to do, right? You, well, what I need to do is practice, practice every day, every moment. There's no, there is no end to it. And I, you know, you were just describing, and I love that you can name all those people, all those moments where you saw that you were being seen for the truth of who you are. And I think what mindfulness brings to that is both uh, a discernment process, right? What are the what are the stories I'm holding on to that are not serving me versus the ones that help lift me up? So that not only do I, so I can not be so dependent maybe on others seeing me, but when can I see myself and the truth by, as you said earlier, when can I look in the mirror and say, yes, this is who I am and I am enough just as I am just in this moment. You know, mindfulness is full attention to the moment without judgment. And that's, that's a, you know, a beautiful image that you've given us of staring in the, looking in the mirror, recognizing ourselves and uh, accepting ourselves just as we are right now without judgment. And you, you talked about the stories and I want to connect the dots between yeah. those stories that are hard to let go of Mm-hmm. And the and and mindfulness. I want to ask you a question about a word we use a lot. If I could, um, you asked me something that I was a little bit surprised. You asked me when I recognized a scenario, or a shift, or something. Or, mm-hmm. or so there was an awareness I had. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that relate to what we're talking about? I had this awareness, but not on an intellectual level. I had this emotional awareness, mm-hmm. right, with the, the Amy Saros, my high school teacher, mm-hmm. uh, with meeting Bob Dylan and not knowing who Bob Dylan was or any of that. But, but I had this awareness. But awareness, I don't think, is enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's a start, right. right? Right. You know, it's like that first, it's like... For the first time, if you've never had any kind of seltzer drink or uh-huh. and you don't know what seltzer is or any of the seltzer or the carbonation of any of the drinks, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you take a, a drink of that and you have that level of awareness about it, mm-hmm. that doesn't quite get you to the full picture. How do we get the full picture of ourselves? Does that well, make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. I, I hope it does. Um, I, you know, I do think awareness, though, is that first step. And it's, it's really, um, that's what mindfulness practices help us with. And the original is um, just coming to awareness, just noticing. Because without that, we're nowhere. We're just re- reshaping and rehashing the stories over and over again. But when we can start to slow down, and start to notice the patterns. What are the stories I tell myself over and over? You know, one of the things I encourage people to do is put a timer on your phone, let it go off two or three times a day. And when that happens, ask yourself two questions. How do I feel in my body and what is my mind doing? And if you do that for several days, you'll start to see the stories that you tell yourself. And and the stories can be very short. You know, if I trip going up the stairs and stub my toe, the story I tell myself right then is, you are so careless right? It's a three-word story. You are so four-word story, right? But if that becomes my sense of self, you are so careless. You are clumsy, right? As we start to notice, well, what are those just even short stories, in a sense, that we tell ourselves over and over again throughout the day? And then we start to notice the longer ones. What are the stories from our past, as you and I have been talking about, that have shaped how we see ourselves? And what are the stories we tell about other people, and especially other people in our life? and the impact they've had on us. I have a friend that I always joke, when he tells the story of how he got married the first time, it's as though he is a ghost in the story, right? He noticed suddenly that he was dating somebody for a long time. And then he noticed he was in a jewelry store buying a ring. And then he noticed he was at the altar. And then he noticed he, he had no agency in this story at all when he tells the story of his first marriage. And so, so that's then once you start to notice the stories, you start to ask questions. Who am I in this story? How do I talk about myself? What do I think is true about me when I tell these stories? And that 
starts to help us then beyond awareness into sorting out what if, which of these stories is really holding me back and which of these stories is no longer true, right? You know, if I still have the reaction, the reactivity of fear and anxiety that I had when my mother yelled at me as a little kid, right? And if I still have that when my partner, let's say, speaks sharply to me, you know, I want to start noticing that story I tell myself and then I tell with my body, with my anxiety, right? And my fear and then my own reactivity back. I want to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore, right? I'm not dependent. I'm not, um, I, I have autonomy, right? I have a voice. So if I, if I keep telling myself I'm in that same place that I was when I was eight, that's not serving me when I'm significantly older, right? And I have a chance to say, hey, can I let go of that idea that I'm helpless, right? Because the evidence suggests otherwise, right? Really, I always encourage people, look at the, what's true. You know, you told this, these great stories about how you came to see yourself as having worth and competence and skill and the capacity and all of that. And I work with so many people who are very successful at their work, but they are still really plagued by self-doubt. And yeah. it's because despite their success, they're ignoring the evidence of their success because they're trapped by the stories of their past and the negativity that they really shape their own identity with. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There's a question. It's funny you and I were talking about this and I didn't think about this before, mm -hmm. but I remember losing my job after, I don't know, 24 and a half years. I was six months away from a pension, which I didn't know, Right. nor did anybody tell me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have my management say, look, you're going to go right. anyway. Why don't you take a downgrade for, you know, I didn't have that, but I don't know if that would have kept me there or not, mm. but I remember going to my therapist at the time, because mm -hmm. I had a lot of other things going on. Mm -hmm. And she said something interesting to me. She asked me the question and she said, well, let's take a look at your history. Let's take a look at, you know, the schematic. Mm -hmm. When have you ever, when have you ever not been able to do something Right. Or pull yourself up from something. Right. And, and that was such an interesting question to me because I had to think really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I had right. to think. And and she she knew me well enough to know my history. So yeah. she could go way back. <laughs> right. And she said, well, what makes you think from that, your track record, right. that you won't be able to rise up? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have an answer for her. Right. I didn't right. have an answer, but it was really clear to me that all those things that we talk about or we think about in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. We have to do something with them. Yes. We have to do something with the stories mm -hmm. or they will stop us, won't they? They will yes. stop us. Right. You know, and your example is such a great one of you were, the story was one of fear, right? Fear of not being able to get another job or um, a story you might've told yourself that, that you weren't competent somehow. And your therapist pointed out the evidence, the reality. And I, I have these kind of conversations with folks all the time. Uh, the evidence suggests otherwise over and over again, it's the story that's keeping me trapped in a, say a job I don't like um, rather than the reality that I'm good at getting new jobs, right? Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's one kind of story that we really want to work on and bring to awareness so that we don't feel trapped. Um, I don't know if you have time for this, but I, I want yes, to please. So I think one of the other things that happens with stories is, you know, all these stories that we're talking about really are ground down in judgment, aren't they? Lots of judgments about ourselves. And then the stories we make about, about other people, those often have a lot of judgment in them. So when I work with people to ask them to think about letting go of stories, I sometimes say, what do you lose if you let go of the story? And one of the things that's coming up more and more is the realization that sometimes we're really hard on ourselves. We tell ourselves really negative stories about ourselves. And when we do that, we feel a little more justified in being critical of others, right? And I say, well, I'm hard on you, but that's okay because I'm hard on me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things we can start to think about is you know, if I want to bring an attitude of loving kindness and compassion to myself and others, then does that help me let go of some of the negative stories about myself? Because now I don't want to stand in judgment of you, right? Doesn't mean I agree with you all the time, 
right? But I don't want to stand in a position of judgment towards you. And I don't want to justify my judgments by being mean to myself, right? But I, I think that's one of the things we, we risk when we let go of the negative stories about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you know, to let's just bring this full circle because let me go back mm-hmm. to the comment I made about the dude from the Emmys, yes. right? Right. Um, and I could see him as clear. I mean, I can't remember much else from the Emmys, right? A few okay. things here and there. Um, I could remember the people that I, I was really hoping for that I thought would be up there, all of that kind of stuff, right? But I remember how much energy I was putting towards this one individual. Right. And then, of course, that particular show won like all the awards. Right. So every time they won an award, here this guy would come. Mm -hmm. Until finally, one of the other winners said something to him like, yeah, you just came up here and was like, you know, my mask is off and something like that. Right. Okay. Um, But that is energy that you are putting out about something you have zero control within the moment. Yes. And when we think about this and everything we've talked about so far, it comes full circle Mm -hmm. to getting in the way of us, one, discovering our true self and then living our life's path. Absolutely. Doesn't it come full circle to that? It absolutely does. I mean, I love it that you're using the word energy. Right. If you, if, and I, I, that's why I have people do the thing with the timer on their watch and noticing where their mind is going. In other words, what are you doing with your energy? Where are you sending it? So last night while you were watching the Emmys, you were sending your energy in, as you said, kind of a fruitless direction because you couldn't change this man's behavior. Right. Um, Where would we be in our lives if we stopped wasting that kind of energy or putting it out in ways that just doesn't do any good? And I think it's a really critical question in this political moment. Right. There is so much tension. There is so much fear and anxiety in our culture. And so and I've really been pushing myself to say, what can I do with my energy that's positive? What can I and that is that is useful that I see makes an important or meaningful difference, even in a small way, because I'm not a big person. I don't have a big reach. But what can I do in the contours of my own life to make to do something positive with my energy as opposed to you know, the kind of, what do they call it? Doom scrolling, right? I scroll through Twitter or Facebook looking for all the rage and anger and frustration. That's, that's, that's me being trapped in judgments. And it's me telling myself stories about how powerless I am. Right. So if I can let go of that and say, no, where can I use my energy wisely? Where can I make a difference that I think is meaningful? Um, That's what I think we have to be thinking about. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. I mean, right now, most of the calls I get or have gotten over the weekend to help the women I work with Mm -hmm. uh, was over the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I have to tell you, folks, my heart just goes out for her. Um, I think you had to know about what it was like to be a woman that didn't have the rights that women believe they have today until they realize they actually don't have rights. You know, the equal rights are not done on the federal level. They're done by state. And there are some states where you don't have those rights. But she was that person. She was that light. And she fought for it. So did Shirley Chisholm. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people fought for things. Mm -hmm. And so the people that called me this weekend in a crisis moment talked all about, not about nothing but now, but talked all about the future and what if and what will happen and what we have control over and what we don't. Right. And that is really for a lot of people right now, you know, it was the top point of crisis for a lot of people. If they focus on the political arena today, it was quite taxing for people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how I find found the right words to say or what those words were. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things you have to know that you can change right. some things you have to have the courage to accept them and you have to know the difference. It doesn't mean you don't take action. And I think that's what we're talking about today. When we talk about mindfulness, Yes. you know, it doesn't mean that we have a level of awareness and we don't do anything about it. 
that's not what we're saying today, are we? Not at all. Not at all. Because it is with greater clarity, which is what comes from mindfulness, I can act more reasonably. Reasonable in the sense of doing what I think will make a difference, what has a positive impact. If I'm lost in my stories about despair, for instance, in this moment, I'm, I, might, I might be very clever on Twitter or Facebook, but I don't know that I'm doing anything that's really making a difference. And, I, and you know, I'm, I'm not against people expressing their feelings. I think that's great, but it's not the end goal, right? It's, there's more to it. So if, you're, if we're worried about the culture and the country and our rights, then we have to figure out, okay, um, let, me, let me let go of some of the, the fear, let the fear pass through me, because maybe in this moment, at least for me, I'm not at any risk right this moment. I'm in a safe place. And if I know yeah. that and I allow myself to be real with myself about that, then I can say with clarity, okay, I'm safe. What can I do to make a difference? What can I do to contribute in a positive way? And that really is the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, each right. of us, we live in a country where each of us has an action we can take. Yes. You may not think it's an important action. Right. But we have the freedom to choose here right? and express that choice. Mm-hmm. And, and those, for me, th- that choice and those choices are freedoms that here in the United States, we have and don't always express. Right. But we That's have right. them. Mm-hmm. It's and, hard not to take something like that for granted. Right? No. It's always been true. And, and, I, and I think that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a great example of all that she represents. Um, it's hard to really wrap your mind around. I, I had a professor in college. She couldn't register to vote because she, when she got married, she didn't take her husband's last name. Right? That wasn't 100 years ago. That was in the 70s. Um, so, you know, it's hard to really, if you've always had a certain kind of freedom and rights, it's hard to know what it was like to, when people were really, like you said, fighting for it out literally in the streets and in the courts. Um, so, yeah, but it's worth trying. <laughs> it's worth trying. And it's worth understanding the vast array of decisions and choices. Thank you so much for today. Again, please let folks know how they can find out more about you. And I'd love to know your personal message today. Okay. Well, they can listen to my show on Thursdays on Transformation Talk Radio. It's called Nothing But Now. Uh, they can find it's on at noon uh, Pacific time, three o'clock Eastern. You can also find me on my website, maryangelamaguire.com is actually, I'm sorry, maryangelamaguire at Gmail. You can email me or you can go to my website, which is maguirelifecoach.com. And uh, if you're interested in some life coaching, I'd be happy to help you. Uh, Let's see. Oh, my message today is, um, I I think it is to practice, to to remember, to bring yourself back to the present moment without judgment in order to have greater clarity and live less from a place of fear. That's what we all need to do. Less fear in our daily lives. Thank you so much for today. Thank Thank you. you. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. And, you know, if if you are listening to the show today, know that you do have the power to direct the energy of your life. We really do. It's all about us. It's within us to do that. And you can get some relief by looking at that energy and letting go of the stories of your life that no longer serve you. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time.